Listen in the dojo and dynamite. Dynamite, put your hand in ring is out of sight. All elite TNT make it feel right. Put your hand all elite, time to unite. One's name Rich, the other Ashley. The number one pod for the whole family. Time to fill your wrestling appetite. Now it's time to start dojo and dynamite. Hey guys, this is Ashley and Rich here with episode 100 of Dojo and Dynamite. It is Friday, January 7th, uh, January 7th, 2022. We limped our way (laughs) to this milestone episode, and it's been a while since you've heard from us, and once again, we apologize, but it's just been busy. You know, I I think everybody has had kind of the same thing you know you 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 come out here everybody has holidays we come out and try and say that we're gonna do podcast episodes uh, uh, most we can within a small period of time we had so many wrestling shows wrestle kingdom was the fourth and the fifth gcw hosted the show in atlantic city for new year's which we were at dynamite and, you know the, the tnt championship match on rampage but dynamite has had danielson and hangman They've shifted over to TBS. So many things are happening. It would be almost impossible without overloading everybody's slate of podcasts to run a show or individual shows to cover everything that's happening. Yeah, but on top of that, I mean, just general life updates. I mean, holiday prep got in the way. You're back in school. It's a brand new work year. It's just, it's... It's not excuses, it's just, it's been really busy, and for that we are sorry, but we are excited to be here in 2022, and I can't believe that we finally made it to episode 100. Yeah, it's it's a huge episode, we have a lot to cover, I mean, we're not going to cover every little tiny thing, but we have so much to cover, so many things happen, on the biggest episode, it's basically been... Uh, nearly it's over two years yeah i mean if you're you're still here and listening we we appreciate you thank you for coming on this ride and you know more more to come uh despite having hectic schedules right now i mean we're, we're still here we still enjoy doing this we have to find a way to be more consistent but we're not going anywhere even if we may take little breaks but like you said Huge episode, so much to talk about. Uh, we'll just go ahead and dive right in. And I guess we can just kind of go in in order of what's been happening with us. So let's take it back to New Year's and our GCW weekend in Atlantic City. Well, we can even take it back before that because, oh, we can talk. We'll talk about GCW first. We'll talk about GCW. Let's talk about the experience. We're not going to go so, match by match. Yeah, but we'll talk about GCW because I do want to talk about the Cody TNT Championship thing that would have been happened before New Year's. So, but we'll talk about GCW first. So, GCW is kind of uh, no offense to them either. I think it's COVID and a bunch of other things that have come in here. I mean, they've they've kind of limped into the end of 2021. I mean, it's not a. I feel it wrestling, and you guys can. I don't want to say correct me if I'm wrong, but, you know, I feel that wrestling in its own sense struggles down the stretch toward the holiday. I feel like December is always a lull period. Uh, just many times. I remember watching, maybe it's football, maybe it's the holidays. I remember watching WWE and people used to hype up the Survivor Series show. And I think as things started to grow into more importance, I understand when you watch some of the older Survivor Series, they were fun. They had things that... It was it was different. It was, it was a show that you kind of enjoyed watching for the sake of the show. You had a bunch of guys in these big tag matches, regardless of what their affiliation was, or... Well, they usually had some type of affiliation, but regardless of what their feuds were, and it was kind of a blow-off of the year. And now, you know, Survivor Series kind of became a thing where you were told it was supposed to be a big show. And it never felt like a big show. It never felt like the final hurdle before we reset at the Royal Rumble. It just kind of felt like after SummerSlam, you always had the October show, which sometimes had some Hell in a Cells. You have Hell in a Cell now, which was kind of something you would look forward to. And then you would just kind of like limp 
into the Royal Rumble, right? That's how I feel. We, we've talked about it before. Like, going from double or nothing to all out to full gear to revolution. Like, I feel like full gear is that, like, I don't want to say dead spot, but that, like, it falls into that lull, especially as you get to revolution. Like, that timetable just, it feels like it takes so long. I mean, I mean put into perspective, right? Full gear was two months ago already crazy that's insane so i mean this is where we are so i mean full gear was two months ago we were at the nick gage invitational that weekend oh, great yeah. show wonderful first row we talked about that experience Fuck yeah but two months into hangman pages reign he's facing brian danielson for the second time now the opening on tbs we'll talk about that later but gcw obviously nick gage you know the unfortunate situation that occurred with john moxley i hope he's getting better hope to see him soon well, Nick Gage announced on Instagram today that the Deathmatch King, MDK, is coming back soon. And I was super, super hyped hearing that and hope that we see him at Hammerstein. Two weeks away. Yeah, it's unbelievable to think that Hammerstein's two weeks away. We haven't heard from MDK. This was kind of what I was going at. You know, MDK hasn't been around on GCW in over two months. Primarily since the Minoru Suzuki match. I think that was his last match. I think, I think so. So he hasn't been around since he fought Minoru Suzuki. John Moxley hasn't been around uh, essentially since he defended the championship in Atlantic City. October 7th or 8th? Which was three months ago. Yeah. So, you know, GCW's kind of limped, no offense, and they had the COVID issue. I think that a lot of people were pulling out. You know, and then Ring of Honor shuts down, so then a lot of those talents are going to be dispersed. We're going to see Bandito at Hammerstein. So there's just a lot going on in wrestling right now that kind of feels a little discombobulated on the indies. But one of the things that GCW is doing right now, and I think that's one of the reasons why we like it, it's one of the things that I like about it, is they're unpredictable. I mean, we went down to Atlantic City and we watched PCO versus Matt Tremont. Yeah, I mean, that's, it's unpredictable. That was, that was crazy. I, I, we, saw, we saw Tremont... Tournament of Death. We did, but that was 2015. Yeah, and I know we're, you know, getting into deathmatch wrestling and more into the indies recently, but that was like a crazy surprise, and it was awesome to see him. That that started the show. So, yeah, and, and then obviously, when you take a look at what the New Year's Eve show was, that was a tough show. You know, I mean, look, it's... It was a good time. I think it was a good idea, good concept. You're hanging out with some people. You get, you know, the floor room, whatever. But it's a tough show. You know, I mean, you are running a program where you introduce Matt Tremont. You have PCO, obviously. And then you kind of have a bunch of singles matches. You have a bigger show the next day. So you have a bunch of singles matches just kind of like holding over until we get to the next one. So it was like five, six hours I of a bunch of singles matches that was kind of like, I understand, but it was like, man, I'm standing here for a long time. Oh, so yeah, we had, we had GA for New Year's Eve because, hey, we're in Atlantic City. We have a buddy with us who likes to hit up the casinos. You got the arcade uh, across from the carousel room at the showboat. We weren't sure kind of what the game plan was, if we were going to be in and out of the room throughout the night. So we figured GA is just easier instead of taking up seats. Um... But, you know, overall, I I enjoyed the show. I thought the matches were were good. It was a fun experience, but it was it was just a long, long. Yeah, and show. you're down in Atlantic City, of course. You want to go gambling. It's New Year's Eve. There's a lot happening. I I'm not saying it was a poorly executed show. Again, it just I don't know if there was enough on the show for five six hours to say, hey, I want to sit there or stand there for five six hours. But the next night, I mean, the next night, was I thought it was great. I mean, you, you came into this show, you had a, a rumble. The winner was going to Hammerstein against John Moxley. This was confusing to me because it felt like it was one, or maybe it's not even John Moxley. Who knows what's happening with John Moxley? Uh, for the GCW World Championship, that's all we know. Right. We don't know if it's going to be a triple threat. It could be a fatal four-way. It could be a one-on-one. -on -one. Moxley could get stripped of the title, and this individual, homicide, spoilers, 
could just be in a championship match for a vacant title. We have no idea. And I, I think this is kind of where I'm putting, you know, I'm coming in and saying, hey, you know, I don't, obviously it was thrown on the card last minute. It's a big time thing. People were excited for it. It was good. It was entertaining. But less, I guess, what you would call less information about Moxley kind of hurts. But to you don't be know fair, what's happening in this situation. I know to be fair what if, happened with him. Who yes. knows if they know? This, uh, maybe they don't know. It, You're this right. Could be it, it's, day by day. It's very feasible. It's very feasible that they don't know. You're right. And I think with MDK being out, you have this rumble. Homicide wins. He's going to New York. He's getting inducted into the Independent Wrestling Hall of Fame Saturday night, which is happening right prior to Hammerstein. Hammerstein's having a PBR opening spectacular pre-show. Damn right they are. On Sunday, 7 o'clock. So, I mean, obviously it's a big show. Homicide gets a large spotlight, which is essentially where I anticipate the main event of Hammerstein Ballroom. You'd think, right? I would think. Yeah. You have Matt Cardona and Joey Janela looking like they're heading there. Love it. Which Absolutely is uh, love just it. a tremendous, hilarious feud. If you guys haven't checked it out, check it out. Matt Cardona got a bunch of fake pictures. Mm, fake? fake pictures. It looked um, real to him, damn it, as he said. Cardona's GCW shit has been top tier, and I, I absolutely love it. But, no, Hammerstein's looking to be, um, looking to shape up to be quite the show. We've got the, the Lucha, six Lucha tag they announced. Yeah, and they had one from, back in Chicago, they had one. I, it was when Hoopitude actually got injured. But oh they yeah, had one three, out in Chicago, which was, stuffed, was excellent. Right? Yeah, three cups stuff. It was excellent. It was the best match of the entire card. Yeah, that's that's contender to steal the show just on its own. But you know, going back to the New Year's Day show, like you talked about, we had the the Rumble. Uh, Homicide goes down to the wire with Atticus. Great highlight for him. Um, clearly I, being. I mean, put that's going to be. Uh, it's he's obviously going to be one of their big guys. Yeah. And I think it's important that they establish him the way they are. You know, your guy comes in early, like Tony Deppin did it, Jordan Oliver did it. They were the right guys to go the distance. They went a long time in the match. You put the right people in it. No, I, I thought it was I thought it was well done. Um, fuck Ohio forever, but Atticus is, is pretty good. It it was well not gonna lie. It was well constructed. It was yeah. well put together. Put the right people in the right places. It it, it probably was what I would have done. They put the right people in the right places. They started with a good veteran, Tony Deppin. They they countered him with Jordan Oliver, gave Jordan Oliver somebody that's good that he can bounce off of that's going to be a good match, especially in the beginning. You're going to have him go the distance to give a showing to say, hey, Jordan Oliver's our next guy. You know, pay attention to what Jordan Oliver's going to become. Yeah, I thought everyone was highlighted quite well. Right, and I, I think this ended, of course, with Homicide winning this battle royal Royal Rumble of sorts. And then he's going to Hammerstein Ballroom. So we'll see. We'll see what the reception is of it. Now, look, I'm a huge Homicide fan. I'll say that was pretty cool for you. I uh, know you, you're a huge yeah. fan of him. But it's interesting because is Homicide a main event seller? Are you going to sell the main event of Hammerstein, which is arguably GCW's biggest show ever since Moxley Gage? I mean, that was huge. That was in Atlantic City. I mean, this is in Hammerstein Ballroom, New York City. You're main eventing with Homicide. I'm just throwing that out there. Look look at the names. What you're trying to sell the audience. Is that big enough? And I love Homicide. You know that. But is that big enough? I don't know. Janela Cardona, Jeff Jarrett returns to GCW to attack Effie. Effie's fine, by the way. Attack Effie in the state of Effie, the state of affairs. Jeff Jarrett arrives. That was... Not at all what I was expecting. I don't think anybody in the audience expected. So I think we can anticipate that Jeff Jarrett is going to go to Hammerstein Ballroom. They've announced him for the Chicago show, which is going to be next Saturday. He's, I, I he think is I'd the be poster. surprised if he didn't face Effie at Hammerstein. I, I agree. I mean, you have to load up the card. I agree. And of course, with, with Detroit and... Chicago coming up next weekend um, as, as the prelude to Hammerstein. We're going to be seeing a lot of things shape up. Then you conclude with Alice Cologne and John Wayne Murdoch 
which was a very interesting conclusion. One hell of a death match again. Front it, row. It death was arguably match the best death match the I've ever seen. Way to do it, and yeah, totally agree. I, arguably the best death match I've ever seen, but was a very interesting conclusion, and I don't quite understand what happened. I think they were trying something here. Match ends. Terrific match. It's very clear and obvious to me that Alex Cologne was attempting to turn heel. And he sent the video out essentially turning heel, talking about Brett Lauderdale, talking about GCW, talking about things that he wants to do, showing like a selfish side, I guess, of what Alex Cologne is trying. Very so heated, obviously very trying to do this. Passionate. It didn't work. Crowd didn't give a shit. They cheered Alex Cologne. They called John Wayne Murdoch a pussy. The guy, I mean, he did so much. He took so much. For you to say that, I mean, this is something that I, it goes through my brain. Now, this isn't one of those, you know, marquee fan type things. But the fact that this guy did that much, are you that disconnected? From what wrestling is? Yeah, I... The dangers and risks of having a death match at the level that he had it at. Now, I, I'm... Yeah, I'm all for a little heckling. You cheer who you want, boo who you want. Like, I, I don't have an issue with, you know, you're going to chant pussy at someone. Like, that's... It's whatever. But I just thought it was odd because he wasn't really playing the heel in the match. Like, he was, he came out and he was, like, embracing some of the crowd members. Uh, he wasn't, you know, really, like, shooting any of us down. So, like, it just, it felt weird. It, it did, and it was, it was obviously a match people had waited for. I had anticipated this match being big, being good, and it was. They delivered. But it's that second part of this match ends. I think it was a way to protect John Wayne Murdoch. The ref calls it because he's bleeding, had like the nail board slapped into his arm a bunch of times. Cologne throws a, a fit. John Wayne Murdoch wants the bell to read to go. You know, Akira gets in. He, you know, he's, he's drilling his arm. It's obviously all scripted. But the idea that they wanted him to turn heel, as if John Wayne Murdoch was attacking him left and right, as if John Wayne Murdoch was showing up to every GCW show, as if John Wayne Murdoch was cutting promos about the, the disgrace of GCW, he came out there and looked like, I'm happy to be here. I'm happy to have the opportunity to main event this show. I'm happy to be where I am. I'm grateful for it. That was the, that was the feeling I got that, from John Wayne Murdoch. Ex exactly. Like It's not like... You know, you got like MDK versus 440 where you've got Ricky Shane Page or Ricky Shane Pussy is, as Nick Gage calls him, like, you know, like getting super heat from the crowd. Like it just it felt different the way that Murdoch came out and was reacting. I know to the that audience. they were trying to sell it. Yeah, yeah. They're trying to sell it as real, right? They're trying to sell reality. It just kind of felt like after a match like that, that was a lot. And it took away from what they did. And I'm not saying it's now it's everything you're talking about. No, no, because you're not talking about it because not many people liked it. They thought it was crap. And that's the bigger problem. It was a tremendous death match that turned into crap. But like, you know, for the, for the audience, to say, to call somebody a, a pussy, right? You're calling this guy soft. You're calling this guy, you know, weak. To say that about him after what you just watched, to go, I mean, look, I don't want to take a light bulb bump, huh? Go check it out. I took one light bulb bump in my life and said I wasn't going to do it again. Okay? Now, maybe my light bulb was fucked because it hurt like a son of a bitch, but I said I was never going to do that again, okay? So, what you're saying is that you are disgracing what you came to see as if it was like a clown show, as if it was like a carnival, like a circus. Like, you didn't appreciate the fact that he got, I mean, he was gushing blood. You didn't appreciate that. I, I don't know. I can't stand from that, that, that point. That, that was unacceptable. I understand when you got a guy that shouldn't be there, 
I mean, to- two totally different things. This was a death match where both these guys put on a terrific show, and you chanted at this guy after he really clearly was not the heel. That yes, that that's my point is that and he wasn't egging you on, and he was trying to show that I belong on the biggest death match stage in the world. Yeah. I didn't think he did anything to warrant that type of response. But again, he did There's get... certain things that obviously... I'm from New York, right? From New Jersey. We're vulgar people. And that's what I'm saying. Like, I'm not opposed to that chant in general. No, like, I, I, and, and, and that's I'm not, not a, vul- a vulgar person, right? So we've said some brutal things. They used to cheer when certain players would get hurt on the football field and come out. I never cheered for injury, right? Never. I told, I've always told that to you, right? Always no, said to you, no, don't, no, that's you don't cheer for injury. But they didn't, would do it. Didn't one of your friends, one of our friends, chant at Finley to retire? Yeah, I did. And then Finley announced it was announced his last, was last match. match. The place, it was a terrible match. It was a terrible match. And you know what? Finley, they should have announced this was going to be his last match. And they didn't. So it was Finley versus Michael Elgin, best in the world 2012 or 13. Hammerstein Ballroom. And the match was terrible. It was absolutely terrible. And the crowd was silent. And my friend is sitting in the second row. We're sitting in the second row. And he's telling Finley that you fucking suck and you need to fucking retire. I went to the bathroom. Anybody who's been to Hammerstein, their bathrooms are in the basement. They're across where we were sitting on the entranceway. I had to walk around the ring. Oh, that's how it's going to be when we go. Yeah, down the stairs. Into the bathroom. I'm coming back up. I'm walking back through the curtain to the floor. And I can hear him telling Finley that you suck. From across the room. Hammerstein's full of people. After the match is concluding, he says, this is going to be my last match. What a dick. You think he remembers that? Like Finley? You think Finley remembers this guy heckling him in his last match? That's like, you know... And then he felt bad. Our friend felt really bad for a long time. But this is like eight years ago, nine years ago, almost almost a decade ago. So he felt really bad at the time that it happened. And now it's kind of this work saying, well, you know what? You shouldn't have fucking sucked. It's a terrible match. <laughs> now I understand. What an asshole. What an asshole. But, I think he felt know, bad about it afterward. I know. He, he does because he'll, he'll, he'll talk a lot of shit. But he, if you like, bring he that up, it hurts his well. feelings. Yeah. He means well. In his heart, but that, but that's my point. Like, not that you have to go to that extreme, but I'm not opposed to heckling, you know, to a degree. But it just in the the death match, it just that I, I it, it didn't jive well with with me. It almost it, it it like offended me, I guess, because it's something that I've done before. It's something that I've had friends do before that we've booked in wrestling shows before. We've had matches, we've had spots where you get nervous, you get concerned. And you see certain things, and again, that's the disconnect, right? If you've never done it, or you've never experienced it, or you've never been a part of it, sometimes, for certain people, it's hard to connect to it in the way that's saying, that's a real person doing a real ridiculous spot. And I know that this guy, Murdoch, he was a little disrespected by a lot of people because he injured somebody. He legitimately injured somebody. And, I mean, you know, that could play a role in it. Look, I'm not going to get involved in that. That's like politics, okay? It's like left and right. But what they did in there to call anybody a pussy, to disrespect somebody at that level, I, I don't like that. That was that was no goo, okay? So, hopefully, going forward, it won't have that again. And that's not just a... And I don't want to hear anybody else say that. It's just a GCW thing. It's not. It'll happen anywhere. Anybody will do that. You saw the signs they bring to these fucking shows sometimes. You know, it's unacceptable, some of these things. You saw the thing on on Dynamite, right? The sign they brought to Dynamite, unacceptable. So, that I don't want to see. But the death match. But the match was great. That was super fun. It was our friend, the the same, um, the same Finley friend, who got to experience front row death match for the first time. So those who are listening to the podcast that saw us there, that met us there, talked to us there, then they'll know exactly who called Finley <laughs> and told him to retire. Oh, dear Lord. But listen, man, that it's I keep saying this, but that's the way to do it. 
But we saw Scotty Tuhati wrestle the match of his life against Joey Janela. Against Joey Janela, came out to like match. his. He came out to the WWE theme song because he doesn't give a shit. Very entertaining, very enjoyable. We we're hoping for Big Quiche. We didn't get him, but they swapped sunglasses. The power shifted. It was like a half an hour match. It was the longest Scotty Tuhati match I've ever seen. I look at Ashley, I say to her, this is the longest Scotty Duhani match I've ever seen. Ashley looks at me and goes, this is the only Scotty Duhani match I've ever seen. I enjoyed it, though. <laughs> he looked awesome, and I thought Joey Janela looked fantastic. Uh, the match was great. The match was great. So, anyway, we're gearing up a couple of shows here. GCW's got a show in Detroit coming up. Matt not, Cardona. Not to, Sorry, uh, Matt Cardona versus Rhino Mes- in Detroit. Rhino. But Kevin Nash is going to be there. Sabu is going to be there. Sabu is going to be there. Uh, Briscoe's got an open challenge in Chicago for the GCW World Tag Team Championships. But that brings me to one of the matches we didn't discuss, which was the Briscoes defending their title. Always yeah, I mean, great to see Alex them in Zane and Blake Christian, they were there. I mean, it was a terrific match. Those guys are on different levels. That opened up New Year's Day. You know, obviously they've they've both gone to WWE. And you can tell, I guess of the polish these two guys have. And Alex Zane's been a consistent... We've seen Alex Zane consistent. All the GCW shows, Alex Zane, yeah. right? He's been consistent. They've delivered. Both these guys delivered. Great match. Briscoes, of course, we've been seeing... We've watched Briscoes for 10 years. I've been watching the Briscoes since the first time I went to Hammerstein Ballroom. I first feel like... Ring of Honor show I ever saw. I feel like Best I've in the world, like 2011. grown up with the Briscoes. Existing, right? Right, yeah. yeah. Always. Well, it's like you said... Um, it'll, this will transition us to, to Dynamite shortly, but like seeing Kyle Kyle O'Reilly and, and Bobby Fish and Adam Cole on like the main stage in AEW and now seeing like the Briscoes and, and GCW and obviously, you know, that they've been around forever, but it's like, it's like our guys, our childhood guys are... Right. It's like our generation yeah. that we were watching, we started in 2011... Ring of Honor, let's say, you know, you know, 10 years ago, these were the babies and they grew up to become Ring of Honor champions. They grew up to go to NXT. They, you know, they're sitting on the main event on the big show Dynamite. You have Adam Cole, O'Reilly, Bobby Fish. I mean, we watch these guys. I don't want to say as nobodies, but it's kind of the people, I guess the same feeling. I mean, we're, we're just a generation, uh, it's a generation. We're just a couple of years younger than a lot of people who watch Danielson. Watched AJ Styles do it. Sure, we were just yeah. we were just right behind them, you know. And it's kind of, but this is it feels like now. Obviously, you got the Bucks, right? But the Bucks didn't come around until a couple of years ago, where they were on the mainstay of like Ring of Honor. You know, it was a couple of years ago that we really saw them there. But you know, Adam Cole, Kyle O'Reilly, especially the two of them. My God, I mean, it's been Roderick Strong. I mean, for, forever. Roddy's locked in the other place, but. You know, I mean, these are guys that we watched for how long? I mean, Tommaso Ciampa, we saw him a couple of times. He had little hair. That was his gimmick. He had like a little like mohawk or some shit. It's just, it's, it's cool. Friends got a shirt that says Ciampa little hair on it. It's, it's cool to see. It's like our guys, they made it. Like, it's just like watching it full circle. So now you're seeing these guys main eventing Dynamite. And that kind of gears us up towards Dynamite. What is Dynamite? What have Rampage been over the past two weeks? I mean, you had Cody versus Sammy Guevara, TNT Championship match, which I said I thought was going to be the right move. And it was the right move. And it was the right move, having Cody go over Sammy and take this belt. And I felt that way because, I mean, look, nothing else has been spectacular, okay? Nothing else has jumped off the page at me. You've had a couple of decent matches. You have the angle right now with Adam Cole, O'Reilly, and Bobby Fish. And you kind of have Adam Cole... Between both lines, you kind of have mm-hmm. the Bucks. You have, you know, you have Red Dragon. I love the fact that they're Red Dragon. I love the fact that they're back. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, but you kind of have this line. It just feels like we've never ended. Like that was the the whole line that we said before. When Adam Cole returned to his dead friends, no, other way around. When when the dead guy returned from the dead to his friends, and it kind of felt like uh, you know it never ended. No, but in. In a good way. Like, it doesn't feel like one of those things that's been, like, drawn out forever. Like, it still feels fresh, even though it's... We've seen it before. I, I guess maybe it's comfortable. Well, it's one of those things that, you know, you want to see... feels right. 
you want to see your guys. You you grow up, I guess. You watch Kyle O'Reilly and Bobby Fish's Red Dragon. And then they go to NXT and they get their identity scrubbed. And they're no longer Red Dragon. They're no longer their own entity. They're part of the undisputed era with Roderick Strong. Which I said when they first put it together was kind of odd because Roderick Strong really wasn't part of their team. Right? Roderick Strong Roderick Strong is his own guy. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, they kind of throw him in because he's like a Ring of Honor indie guy and they all kind of look the same because they all have the same body type. You know, the same. They're all, they all look the same. Like They all look like they belong together. You know, you put them together and it's like, oh, that's Undisputed Era, right? Because you've seen it. But when they first did it, it kind of felt awkward to me because I've been watching them for five years. Right. So, I mean, Roderick Strong was like the, the, the king of the backbreaker. Like, he was not Red Dragon. He was not Adam Cole. Like, they're different people. But now Red Dragon's back. It feels like they're Red Dragon again. Tag team. We watched them do it. It feels like their identity's back. It doesn't feel like Kyle O'Reilly's trying to be something that he isn't. Yeah, it's just, it's natural. Because, man, that was some cringy shit. That NXT Kyle O'Reilly stuff, I, it just was like cringy shit. It's not who he is. And this is work, and this is exactly who he is. And it's nice to see Red Dragon, our tag team, the Ring of Honor tag team champions, back as Red Dragon as I remember them, because I think what I was saying was, that's kind of how you know them. That's how you want to see them go. You know, when Kevin Steen goes to the WWE, you got to see Kevin Steen. And Kevin changed his name, but he's still Kevin Steen. He's the same yeah. guy. And that's why yeah. I think he's connected so well with the audiences. He's the same guy. And I feel that they lost a lot of that. When you would take these guys from Ring of Honor who were their own guys, and you turn them into something they're not, you lose I just them. never understood that. It's to own them. I don't know. They own the characters. They own the entities. It's a brand. They want to own it, right? It's a brand. They can license it. They can sell it. They can make hundreds of millions of dollars selling the likeness of an individual on their tape library, on their merchandise, without having to actually put on any matches. It's not a wrestling company anymore. But that's a conversation for a different day, right? Or just not. Or just not. But you have Cody going over Sammy Guevara, right? Which I think was the right move. I, I thought that Sammy, we had talked about, he was just a bunch of transitional championship matches. Kind of felt a little lackluster. Now, Sammy was the right guy to win, and he should have won it. Should win it back. Not, next, not necessarily saying battle of the belts, Cody versus Sammy, Sammy gets it back. I'm just saying Sammy should be a champion again. But I think Cody, three-time champion, this is what I want to see. It's the right move. The crowd right now doesn't like Cody. It's telling a great story. I thought the moment he came out and shook his hand and said, yeah, Sammy, I'll see you on Saturday and take my belt back. That was fantastic. And now you got Cody in a feud with who? Who's Brandy fighting now? Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert. So it's, it's Cody versus... Ethan Page that happened on Rampage or it's happening uh, on Rampage? I think that's upcoming in some way. And then I think it was Battle of the Belts. I don't know. So, But there's things being changed, apparently. They put a tweet out saying due to medical situation, oh, for, something's to, happening. For so I'm not going yeah, to project what's going to happen. We yeah. have no idea. So obviously, hopefully everybody's okay. But you're kind of leading into TBS era. I kind of expected something big to happen don't feel like something happened on Dynamite. I'm going to say, I thought the show was fine. You know, it was a, it was a quick two hours of, of television. It was exciting to, you know, make the change from TNT to TBS. We're no longer going to be catching a few minutes of random movies. We're just going to be watching a lot of Big Bang Theory while we wait for Dynamite. But That's like a... An emotional shift, though. I mean, you're shifting away from what was the comfort zone of Wednesday nights. Ah, uh, but you know what? Big Bang Theory is, you know, one of my one of my okay. pastime as long shows. As, as long as you feel good about so, it. So, as long as you feel good. About uh, it. no complaints. But on that note, um, the TBS era began in Newark, New Jersey, and we were not in attendance. And I'm not gonna lie, I 
don't have any FOMO over it. Like, I thought the show was fine, but I, I don't have any regrets of not going. I, I was content watching on my, my television at home. I mean, look, to be fair, you're also talking about going to so many shows. So I, I feel as if, you know, you had the Arthur Ashe show, you had the you had this show with Newark, you had Arthur Ashe, and then we had, obviously, the Nick Gage Invitational, we had a couple of the GCW shows, we had the Atlantic City show. So, I mean, you're talking about, you know, th this show had come to our area, and we hadn't gone to many wrestling shows. I think we'd be pretty excited. I think we would have gone to the show. And we had a friend that went to the show. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, but to your point of FOMO, I also don't have it. I don't know if maybe it was the past couple of shows that kind of made me feel as if, I don't know if it's worth the money. It's a Wednesday night. I didn't even get out of work until like 7. No, you didn't. But it's it's a Wednesday night. You know, they're 100 something dollars a piece. You got to buy something to eat. You got to pay for parking. I don't know. It, it you're right. It was something that I didn't feel like I had to be at and it also didn't feel like a big show even when you watched it. Yeah, I mean Hangman versus Brian Danielson was a terrific match. I mean they were bloodied. Yeah, that was pretty cool. I mean, they they went at it. Yeah. Right? It was a great match. But what was the rest of the card? Jade. Jade, yeah, versus... Jade versus Ruby. And yep. then you have the main event. But you had Wardlow versus a jobber. You had MJF versus a jobber, Sean Dean. I don't even know who the hell Wardlow faced. You had Malachi Black versus Brian Pillman Jr. Good luck selling that. You had Jurassic Express, who's kind of a... Some people hate Jurassic Express. Some people like Jurassic Express. Divisive? Divisive opinions? I, I mean, people kind of feel the way that they feel. I'm not a big fan of Luchasaurus. I think his, his shtick is kind of overdone here. I think he got exposed a little bit. I mean, he's still he's great as a hot tag. He's great at what he does. Jungle Boy puts the work. Luchasaurus is the hot tag. Comes on in, cleans it up. Excites the crowd. Couple backflips, couple good kicks. Luchasaurus, what he does is great. When you put him in these big, long matches, he gets a little exposed. When you require Luchasaurus to do more outside of his comfort range, he can get a bit exposed. Lucha Brothers have been good. Obviously, uh, you know, well wishes to Ray Fenix. Yeah, for... hoping for a very speedy recovery. But he said no broken bones, right? He said no broken bones. I guess dislocated elbow. I mean, that was brutal. Oof. And then they showed the replay at the end of the night. And like you said, I, I wonder if they knew that's what happened because that was pretty gnarly. I know there's no blood or anything, but just that was a nasty spot. It was a very nasty spot. So then you come out post, and you look at what you had in the car. And I, I, I knew that Malachi Black was hyping up a couple of his House of Black guys to arrive. They didn't. Jericho was there. He was cutting a promo against 2.0. Then Jurassic Express wins. They have all the tag teams comes out, which just felt like such a WWE move. That was such a WWE move, if I've ever seen one. Because they all walk out on stage, and they're standing there so awkwardly. Like, they don't know why we're here. Even though they know what the purpose of it is. They have to act a certain way. They have to, like, get into gimmick as if they're going to fight each other. Like, it's like a fight screen at, like, you know... In, like, a Mortal Kombat game. They gotta kind of, like, stand there. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's not something that I like. I think it looked really awkward when that happened. Mm -hmm. they, they feel uncomfortable because you have to wait for the camera to kind of go out. And they, they're shooting Jericho up in the, in the box and Malachi Black's up in the box. But Malachi Black's in a tag team shot. But there's nobody with him. They showed Proud and Powerful with Jericho. So it's like, I, this was a... That was... One of those, like, I guess from the production standpoint, from, like, that that angle was a bad decision. But I, I didn't think this show was anything special. I mean, CM Punk is still fantastic on the mic. I mean, he's been better than MJF. I, no offense to MJF, he's been good. I mean, but CM Punk is a master at delivery. Like we talked about, it could be the acting. It could be some of the acting that kind of plays a role. The delivery of some of his messages. But that was great, of course. You know, Matt Jackson, you know, tested positive for COVID, right? I believe so. I think Brandon so. Brandon Cutler, so they weren't on the show. 
So that was that was altered. You had Jade Cargill going over Ruby Soho, which I thought was the right move. I think we kind of bet on that. I pretty much said, I mean, you could throw down on the Jade Cargill victory. Match was okay. I think what gets tough is that Ruby is so much smaller in height. And there were some moves where it was like, hey, I want to tuck and roll and I want you to roll, like in the pins. And I don't think you realize that like the six-inch height difference, the eight-inch height difference between the two of them can cause that type of problem sure. sometimes. You know, they had like a tuck where Jade had to tuck over and it was like, I, I got to get there. Like, give me a minute, Ruby. Like, you know, I got to get yeah. over there. And it, it kind of, it has the, the top rope thing. I understand, you know, it, it's unstable. Maybe they should have practiced it. Before they got out there and did it, maybe they should have talked about, hey, should we go out there and take this bump real quick? Just kind of check it out. I thought it was I thought it was a cool move. Like, it I wasn't liked a the bad spot. idea. Yeah. No, it was just, you know, where we were. Big match, yeah. big stage. I know you want to do big, you want to do yeah. a big move, but maybe they should have practiced it. Not just a walkthrough. Like, let's take the bump. Let's get up there. Let's get on the top. Let's take the bump. And let's make sure it works. But I, I think this is... I think this is great for Jade. It was it was an awesome tournament, and I think it's a good highlight for her. Yeah, it, it, ele- it elevates her, um, you know that much more. And I her her character is great. She has an amazing look. We're seeing her grow each and every week. So I I think this was a good move. Some people don't like Jade because she's green, but I mean, there's a lot of people that are green. Wardlow's big money, and he's green. I mean, he's Jade's. I mean, she's big money. Right? I mean, she's, yeah. she's big money. Hell she's, yeah. Of course she's... So what? She's green. I mean, she's shredded. No, she, she looks... Good she looks... She's fantastic. I mean, there's nothing... There's nothing I mean, come on. But I Wrestling think this is... There. Give her time. But I think this is a great way to do it. You know, she can go out and have these dominant, um, dominant showings, but you only get better with experience. So now she'll be a fighting champion, and we're going to see her continue to grow. So I, I think true. it was a good... I, I think it was good all around. So Dynamite comes on the heels of Wrestle Kingdom. Yeah, which we have not had a chance to fully catch up on. And I made sure that people didn't forget that Wrestle Kingdom was on. I didn't forget, but I've had class. I've started school again this week. So January semester started the week after New Year's, which is fantastic. Well, I haven't had a chance to watch through Wrestle Kingdom. We saw a lot of the results. We obviously saw Okada go over Shingo Takagi. Mm. And... Okada and Osprey. People have this thing. Obviously, I'm a big Okada fan. People have this thing about Okada as if it's hurting their business. I don't know if it's hurting their business. I think their business is... It's not quite the Brock Lesnar Roman Reigns. I think people are so used to that type of thing. The idea is that Okada, one, he puts on the best matches. He, he, he brings out the best in a lot of people. And the concept, I think it's just their concept of New Japan is overcoming that challenge, right? I mean, overcoming that guy. He's your world champion. It tells a great story. It can get repetitive sometimes. And I don't know if Okada needs to have another 900 days. You know, you know there are limits on what they should be doing. But I think the idea that the belt runs through Okada makes sense. I don't think that they need to, or fans or people need to be upset that Okada's the world champion. Or if he wins the world championship. Because the stories of these guys overcoming Okada, because Okada's the top of the class, you know, being better than Okada, I think is the way they should have done it more with John Cena. And they did do it with John Cena to a level. They did. But, you know, you kind of do it with John Cena the same way. It's, it's a nice story for elevation. Now, you want to feel like you're making progress, however. You know, Ishingo Takagi, or Will Ospreay, is Sonata, is Evil, is Naito. Now, you don't have to do it with, with Okada, though. We talked about this. You could do it with Naito. You could do it with Ibushi. Obviously, he hasn't been around, right? He's been, he was injured. But there are other individuals that you could do it with. And I mean this from this point. Have they developed enough under Okada that maybe they're equals enough that other people can transition from each other? We talked about that months ago. Mm-hmm. 
That was something we talked about. Maybe they don't feel like they're at that level. Now, I don't want to bring the business side of it into it. I don't, but I mean, I would they say they didn't sell a lot of great tickets? Didn't sell a lot of numbers? Stadium was half empty on night two. That's what I read, right? So, I mean, obviously they have different protocols. Right. But, I mean, they, they're not selling well. They're not doing well financially. I, to my knowledge, or what I've read everywhere, right? I mean, they're not doing excellent financially. So maybe this is just a move. You get your big guys to bell. I mean, you know, Jay White hasn't been around. He's going to be doing some New Japan of America shows coming up. But to your point, you know, you don't have Jay White at Wrestle Kingdom. But I mean, I mean, yeah. you, just, you just have, it, it's a, right now New Japan is in flux. So we'll see what happens, obviously, if this forbidden door is closed, if it, you know, whatever. We'll see what happens. But to the point, I've heard that Wrestle Kingdom was good. So I'm looking forward to getting a chance to actually watch it and dissect it. Yeah, this weekend we'll have some time to to play catch-up, which is much needed. But, yeah, we've we've had a hard time with following New Japan recently. And I say recently as in, like, the past year. Yeah, it's been tough. It's been tough. I mean, it, that comes from me saying, look, I mean, how much we covered New Japan. We're a New Japan podcast. I like, you know, we like New Japan. But it's been tough. It's been tough to cover them. And I, I think the lack of shows, the inconsistency, obviously, they've closed some. They've had some open, obviously, over the past two years. It's been very challenging. And, you know, Wrestle Kingdom comes and you get excited. And I just felt like nobody was talking about it. I just, I don't know. I feel like right now, obviously, of course, Shea White's going back to Japan of America. Like you said, I don't want to ignore that. That'll be good. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what wrestling is right now. I think everybody kind of has to focus. And I'm not saying GCW. I'm not saying some of the smaller guys, not Impact. But I think some of these guys need to kind of focus on themselves. You know, like New Japan, you know, they're focusing on themselves. Let's see how we can make a better product. Let's see what type of stories we can run with what we have. Let You know, I we have to go out to the box if you're struggling. But, let, you know, let's see what we can do. I think AEW needs to do the same thing. Their roster's too big. And that's a big conversation everybody has all the time. It's just, it's too big. I don't need to have three jobber squash matches on the same card, man. I mean, you were hyping up a TBS show and you had three squashes. I don't need that. I don't need that at all. You've never done that before. Why are you doing that now? Because you have too many people who need wins because of the way you book. It's it, you know you've never done that before. You have these great matches, even if they were lower level matches. You know we talked about sometimes you'd have these lower level matches. You know, but you used to have matches that were like Penta versus like Christopher Daniels, and that would be like you're in a place for a jobber match. You know why don't we have something like that? Or just utilize the talent differently. Like I know. I know a few weeks back they had Wardlow versus Matt Seidel. And, you know, you were like, well, why is this happening? And it's like, I mean, sure, yes, why is it happening? Like, where's the story? But at the same time, I'd much rather watch that where we're seeing Matt Seidel on a semi-regular basis and he's putting on high-quality matches. Like, he's he's so fun to watch. He's excellent in the ring. Compared to putting Wardlow in some literal squash match against someone who you don't know the name of who's never going to make an appearance on the show again. And and I think that, that hurt, that's hurting the product right now. And I know that they, they disagree, and that's okay. And there's other people that disagree, and that's okay. Uh, for, for us, for me, it's hurting the product. I, I don't want to watch it. I don't like it. I don't particularly like squash matches like that. I think it it kind of hurts the it kind of hurts the product. There's there's a time and a place we've said this yeah there's for a time the and duration a place. of this podcast. There's a time and a place where a squash is is needed for sure. But um, I don't know. I just I haven't felt as engaged recently. You want to talk about we we did this one time before, right? We talked about the college football, and you know where is the quality of win for a lot of these. And CM Punk's had a couple of quality wins. You know, CM Punk's had a couple of them. But, like, you know, Wardlow has no quality wins. He's a hand at two or three. I mean, Wardlow's not going to the college football playoff. You know what I'm saying? 
Like, you know, when you're looking at the rankings right now, uh, he's going nowhere. because it, And they're they're going to justify that. And TK, he's going to come out and say, yeah, that's why he's not ranked in the top five. Or that's why he's not ranked this way. You know, but this is the idea that you keep giving this, though, for, you know, wrestling is fake. Uh, you know, I don't be that guy, right? It's like, I, don't, I hate that, hate that, hate that. But it's like, you know, you could just book better matches. You know, you don't have to sell the real angle of the, oh, well, you know, that's why he's not ranked in the top five. Or you could just book him in better matches if you want to use him. Give him better talent to work with. Give him veterans to work with. Why does it have to be guys you don't know their fucking names? You know, that that's the point. Next week, we're getting Warlow versus CM Punk. And Warlow's going to eat a loss. He has to. Right. But it's okay. For the sake of the thing, he has to. There's nothing yeah. wrong, but no one's going to look at it. It's quality no. loss. Quality losses are, are just as important. Tony, don't be afraid of this. Because quality losses aren't going to turn into 50-50 booking. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah, I mean, for don't sure. Don't be afraid of this. Don't be afraid of guys taking losses. No one's going to look at Wardlow the other way because he lost to CM Punk. Right. That's kind of, you know... That's our take on what we are right now. But you know what? Look... I hope everybody had a good holiday, good New Year. Yes, Happy New Year. Hope everybody stayed safe. I know that there were a lot of people getting sick over, you know, Christmas. People bringing into the parties. People bringing into, you know, New Year's events. Hopefully, everybody is healthy. Hope that everybody tried to stay precautionary to the best of their abilities. Yeah. For others, as much as themselves. And we'll be back next week. Well, yeah, yeah, we're getting back on track. Yeah. So Obviously, hopefully, the holiday throws everything. We're getting out. back on track. We've got a couple of weeks till Hammerstein. We got a battle of the belts on Saturday. Yeah. Which is tomorrow. Rampage. We've got a couple of football games. Tonight featuring Hook. Rampage tonight featuring Hook. The best saw ugh, the best sign I saw on the TBS debut was the Turner Broadcasting Send Hook. Send Hook. Yes. They all had giant Cody heads too. And I wanted to know why. Our friend didn't get one. Why did why did why did some people get Cody heads? Send hook. But either way, thank you for listening. Yes, thank you guys so much for listening. Episode one hundred. As always, episode one hundred. Thank you for bearing with us and coming on this journey. We are at Dojo and Dynamite on Twitter, at Dojo and Dynamite on Instagram, Dojo and Dynamite at gmail.com. And we'll be out with episode one hundred and one very shortly. Thanks, guys.